Welcome to As Told Here, conversations and stories shared in the public interest in Studio W at WPAA-TV and Community Media Center. As Told Here brings community media to where you are. Welcome to Midlife Matters, where we celebrate women's wisdom and wit. I'm Georgianne Lucier, your host, and I'm delighted to introduce today's guest, Maria Campos Harlow, currently the Executive Director of the United Way of Meriden and Wallingford, and she is passionate about community service. She has served on many town committees and groups. So welcome, Maria. Thank you, Georgianne. I'm very happy to be here. Great. You were recently a um, guest on the Citizen Mike Show, and you covered a lot of detail about the programs and services offered by your organization, uh, the United Way of Wallingford and Meriden and Wallingford. So could you highlight some of the key uh, services that you provide? Our mission is to mobilize resources to create lasting change. We focus on helping every single individual in the community to have access to health, education, and financial stability. We do that by raising funds in Marion and Wallingford and investing back in Marion and Wallingford in the form of grants to our, uh, our local nonprofits, mm-hmm. or we fund programs and, or initiatives that serve the Wallingford uh, Meriden community. So what would be an example, say, of a financial initiative? One of our agencies has a program that is financial literacy mm-hmm. uh, for people who are coming out uh, from homelessness. Um, so that is one example. All the United Way of Connecticut have a program called Saver Life mm-hmm. and is an initiative to assist individuals to save money and they receive some incentives. They have access to financial advisors and to teach them in the process of getting a good credit and good saving habits and moving them up into the financial financial ladder. Like that, there are many other programs around mm-hmm. the holidays. We have um, a Adopt a Family. That is an initiative that invites people in the community, families, businesses to adopt a family in need. Through one of our local nonprofits, we receive nominations of a family that is in need, and those individuals or a family or friends buy every single item in the, in the list for that family. It's incredibly helpful mm-hmm. around Christmas time. Many, many families in our community have to make difficult choices. Do I pay rent? Do I pay my utilities mm-hmm. or do I buy gifts for my family and celebrate Christmas? So this, is, this has been going for over 20 years and it has been an absolutely beautiful program. And, and I have been witnessing many, many miracles happening mm-hmm. every single year around the program. Wonderful. That's a great example. Thank you. So just helping people get into the whole awareness of how the system works and how it can work for them and the benefits of not constantly being reactive uh, to the, you know, the most recent financial crisis, but rather have a little way to navigate. Exactly. So we invite our local nonprofits to submit a grant application that will address needs in the areas of education, health, financial stability, mm-hmm. or, or even basic needs. Through the work of the nonprofits, they work to respond to those needs. 
that is one of the ways. And another way is we have our own initiatives. We're always reaching out to the community, learning about the needs, and uh, figuring out how we can best respond to those needs. Last year, we started a, a community to determine what's the greatest need right now in our community or the most pressing need in our community. We reached out to our corporate partners. Mm -hmm. We reached out to our uh, nonprofit agencies, community leaders, and other local funders. And in, at every single meeting, the issue of workforce development kept coming up. So now this year we're going to be focusing the majority of our efforts into workforce development. Wonderful. So thank you. So people can visit your site and learn, you know, a lot more about all of that. So let's talk about your development. You moved to Wallingford in 2006 and you've held a number of both volunteer um, service provider and leadership positions. And how did you get started and what did you learn from your early experiences, say, with SCOW? So when I moved to Wallingford, I was recently married. I didn't know anyone so mm -hmm. I in Wallingford. So I wanted to uh, do something for my community. I wanted to get involved. And I felt that since I'm Hispanic, I heard about the Spanish community of Wallingford. And I reached out to the organization really with this mentality and the rationale that I had so much to offer. Reach out to the organization. And very quickly, I realized that it was me, the one that had so much to learn. It was an absolutely wonderful experience. I made absolutely wonderful friendships. And through the organization, I ended up doing what I always wanted to do. I now have my dream job, and SCOW was my dream job. I had the opportunity to learn how the nonprofit world worked and how to serve my community in a more meaningful way. You ended up leading SCOW. Yes. So that was, and how many years were you there? So I was there for three years as a volunteer. Okay. And then in 2008, I became executive director, and I stayed for uh, 10 years as executive director. Wonderful. So, so that's a very a, rich history. Like, what would be a significant accomplishment that you're proud of in your time at SCOW? One of them definitely is to help bridge both communities, the mm -hmm. Anglo community and the Hispanic community, through the arts, for instance, through music. SCOW has an absolutely beautiful music program through Miss Evangeline Mendoza is the music director, and uh, she created the Mariachi Academy, the Mariachi Academy of Connecticut. So those children had uh, the beautiful opportunity to get connected to their Hispanic roots and their mm -hmm. culture and be very proud about it. But also they were invited to perform in so many play venues, not only Wallingford, but around the state and even New York and other places. So it was a beautiful opportunity to bring the two communities together. Another thing that makes me very proud is to really have the opportunity to bring opportunities that are available to the Hispanic community, but we were not taking advantage of. Wallingford mm -hmm. is a very welcoming community, and many sectors in the community, they are really very interested in helping their neighbors. And so we found those opportunities to find ways to connect people in need with people who wanted to help or with pro programs that were available to them. So what would be an example of one of those programs? So by being able to participate in a number of town committees, boards and different organizations mm -hmm. is really open the opportunity for members of the Hispanic community to access resources that were available, like through 
the town through other nonprofit organizations, uh, learning a different different a training programs, and also for children, we created a youth leadership program. The program director is now the executive director at SCAO, who is an absolutely extraordinary person, and I'm sure that you would love to interview her. Well, when she becomes mid, she becomes middle age. She's not there yet. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, through that program, when when the program started, we knew that the Hispanic uh, dropout rate was very high. Mm -hmm. And we knew that Hispanic youth struggled a lot because they were children of immigrant families. The parents really didn't have the knowledge of the resources of how to provide the best guidance to help them to succeed in their academics and, and to get focused into a career path. So we created this program to help these students and it has been absolutely wonderful. Dropout rate was completely reduced. All the students participated in the program um, graduated uh, on time and they, had a, they have a, a, a post-secondary plan uh, either is uh, going to college or getting a job. And the other thing is to encourage them, the students and their parents, to be part of the community, to volunteer, to really open their doors and so they could expand their world beyond their own community. Mm -hmm. that, so to reach out and really put the toe in the water kind of and understand that it's safe and welcoming and that they can give and take. Exactly. And that could involve mentors, I imagine. It, um, maybe someone could offer to tutor somebody. I mean, there's so many ways that so many ways people can enter a person's life. So many ways and make a big difference. Yes, so so many ways. I mean, this is students, for instance, they became the volunteer superstars mm -hmm. around town. They joined so many committees, organizations. They helped Rotary and the celebrations uh, committee, or many others in mm -hmm. town. Uh, so it has been a wonderful experience for, for everyone. That's great. So then you were ready for a new challenge. I and was. <laughs> what uh, attracted or drew you to the United Way of Meriden Wallingford? That was a partner agency from United Way. So I was always very involved with United Way. And funny enough, I always wanted to work for United Way. Since I was a child, I heard about the United mm -hmm. Way, and I was always very, very curious about it. Jim Ironimore, the prior executive director, was retiring, and he shared that with me, and he asked me if I would be interested in, um, in his position. Mm -hmm. So I was invited to, to apply, I was interviewed, and, and then I became the executive director. Yes. There we go. Okay, and that is, how long have you been with United Way now? Since 2018, so it's three years. And then COVID and came. And then... <laughs> We had about a year. <laughs> the year, that year, that first year that you get used to. Right. You're learning, you're right. trying to fill the job. And then COVID happens. And you know what? That COVID really fired me up. As soon as all of this craziness happened, right away we um, worked, made our office completely remote to be able mm -hmm. to work completely remote. And right away I started reaching out to our nonprofit uh, leaders in the community because I first wanted to know from peer to peer how, how are we doing because it was a really very scary time. How is the community doing and how are the, their agencies doing because we needed to respond to what was happening. So it was a tremendous amount of wonderful sharing from all the executive mm -hmm. directors very openly and wonderful opportunities for collaboration came up from that. That really moved me to 
uh, create to, to reach out to our local funders in, in, in this area and create um, coronavirus response fund. So we partner with the Marion Wallenford Community Foundation and a number of our local uh, foundations, wonderful foundations. We created this fund, we reach out to individuals in the community and we raised $200,000 that we distributed back very quickly in the community, in Marion and Wallenford. So it's been a couple of years now with COVID, yes. and we've all experienced the ups and downs, and the information, and the corrections, and the yes. you know trying to just be flexible and adaptive. And um, have you been able to initiate anything new um, in that two years? Do you feel like you're largely in a response mode? Or? With COVID, this is what we see: we see a, a segment of people, a group of people who are thriving, and they are doing absolutely wonderful, mm -hmm. and that is great. But you also have a segment of the community that is struggling greatly. Mm -hmm. In addition to that, there is this segment of the population that United Way always uh, focuses on and it's called ALICE, Asset Limited Income Constrained Employed. These are this group of individuals that have a job, they, do, they, they, they work, they have two, three jobs, they do all the right things, but they still can't make ends meet mm -hmm. because the cost of living in Connecticut is so high, but they also don't qualify uh, oh, for government right. assistance because mm -hmm. they are above poverty level. For us, that this, this population has been a, a, a major focus. We know finding a solution is, is difficult, but we are very motivated in our workforce development initiative because if we get people trained and we help people to improve their skills so they can earn a better income, they will mm -hmm. be able to move up and get out from that Alice threshold and be able to more meaningfully support their families. So that's what we are very excited uh, about doing right now. United Way is in this beautiful position where we are right in the center from bus the business community, our local uh, factories and companies, our nonprofits, and individuals, people in the community, and educational institutions and training organizations, that if we can bring the, everything together, we can do great, uh, we can really help uh, meaningfully to advance people into, into this process. So with the family, for example, would you look at workforce development for, say, a parent as well as perhaps a child that might just be getting out of school or you know, not quite immersed immersed in the um, educational or the, the work experience at this point? So people are at different places right. in their lives. Mm -hmm. So the one thing that I, at least I am committed to and, and, and that I want to is to really to work with people who really want to go through this process because it takes, it's very, it's very time consuming. <laughs> it, it takes a lot of resources and we don't have that many mm -hmm. resources. So we really want to focus on people who really want to go through this. The best way to do it is to work through our local nonprofits, those who want to be part of this, that will have dedicated staff mm -hmm. to do this kind of work. To sit, they have the personal relationship mm -hmm. with their with their clients, with individuals in the community. They know of their needs. They know how to assess where they are, and they can provide all the information about what type of programs, um, what type of career path they can take, and what type of programs and training opportunities are available, and also 
together through our network of nonprofits to help address any barrier that that individual may have that would prevent them prevent him or her from completing their program from a getting a job and staying in the job great so it's very tailored takes a lot of commitment on the person's part so there I'm sure there's a readiness assessment yes like is the person really in a space where they can see themselves being successful and with a little extra help in certain areas are likely to be able to take the best advantage. That is exactly right. We're going to recruit you. Okay, there you go. <laughs> okay. And let's talk a little bit about your earlier days. So you came to the U.S. Um, from Columbia with a degree in political science. Yes. Correct. And you speak three languages. Yes. What are the three languages? French. I went oh, to a nice. French school when okay. I was, uh, so my first even kindergarten years, from kindergarten to second grade, I was only, my classes were only in French, okay. not even Spanish. And then, um, so then, well, obviously Spanish mm -hmm. and, uh, and English. Later, okay. I learned English in high school. I came here with the, my, I have a cousin that lives in Westport. I came mm -hmm. here with the intention to be only for a few months. I wanted to polish my English. I wasn't at a time of my life where I needed to think what direction my life mm -hmm. was going to take. And um, so that was the idea. That's, that's, I, I, I was, so that was my mind frame. Mm -hmm. I ended up working here, developing friendships, but my whole world around that time was really a, a group of immigrants. People from Sweden, from France, from mm -hmm. Lebanon, from other countries in the world. So it is very different. The mindset is very different when you are navigating through that world. Sure. I always had a foot in my country, mm -hmm. and I always felt that I'm Colombian, and, 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 and that's it. That is, I'm, I'm very proud about it. Your I absolutely identity. love my country. It's yeah, everything. Absolutely. It wasn't until I married my husband, I moved to Wallingford, and I realized that, and one time he told me, you, you're American too. It made me realize, yes, I am American too, and I'm very happy mm -hmm. about that. And if I want to and that comes with responsibility, and that comes if I want to be able to thrive in this world, I also have to feel and act like an American. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I lifted my foot off Colombia a little bit. I'm still very proud of being Colombian. Mm -hmm. I love my country and my heritage and my ethnicity. Um, but it, it was when, when that happened that my mind frame completely changed. And I wanted to bring that same experience to SCOW. To me, it was like when that moment clicked, mm -hmm. I'm here, this is an absolutely wonderful country, it has been so welcoming to me. There are so many things that I can do. I mean, the sky is the limit. Um, once I got into, my, into that mind frame, I stopped, I was not a visitor anymore. Mm -hmm. I, I, I just realized that this was my country and this is a, where I, I was going to grow roots as well. <laughs> And I imagine that's uh, easy for others to relate to who are where you were. Absolutely. And if you can use it as, as an example and, and really come from a place of knowing that where they are is, you know, in their 
evolution or whatever. So I imagine that's very inspirational and helps you gain trust with people. Right? That was, you know, it, it was every time that I sat with a client that's cow with a person mm -hmm. that was in that situation. I just moved to this country. I don't know anyone. Mm -hmm. I'm, I don't speak the language. I don't. I I had the 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 the, the blessing that I had been there. I I, I could right. I could relate, mm -hmm. and I could really motivate and inspire people to to um, do the things that were that they needed to do to be able to take advantage of this absolutely wonderful country and and do it maybe their world enlarges and it's not like they have to leave that entirely behind but it, it's a bigger world and right? it's absolutely Room for more you know alliances and allegiances absolutely and identities absolutely and you know and that makes me think about my my, my daughter I have a seven-year-old daughter who is she was born here, and she's as American as they come. Mm -hmm. But to me, it's very important that she realizes that she's also Colombian and that she has two absolutely wonderful worlds. Yes. And for me, it's very important that as much as she adores her country and she's very mm -hmm. American, I want her also to be very Colombian. So now that the movie, the Disney movie Encanto that has been out there for a couple of months now, it's about Colombia. And when you see the movie, everything in the movie is Colombia. And I love to see her, how she gets so excited about the music and the mm -hmm. characters and the story. So it's funny that now I'm also thinking, so now it's not only about America, it's coming back to the Colombian roots yes. and being able for us immigrants to have this embrace this beautiful gift of belonging to two worlds mm -hmm. and being able to get the best of both of them and weaving it together exactly right yes wonderful <laughs> and what did you enjoy about being an interpreter that was one of the jobs that you had before you came to scow yes correct okay. i was working as an interpreter uh, you know i loved the idea well first of all in a very selfish way it really helped me to with my english mm -hmm. <laughs> i improved my english mm -hmm. skills my vocabulary mm -hmm. but also it was a great opportunity to do exactly what we're talking to bridge these two worlds mm -hmm. to help both sides to understand each other that to me was very exciting i liked it very much um and i was doing that very happy but then when the opportunity came to to become a full-time employee at scow i just focused on scow because that's where my entire passion was yes absolutely so do you still speak french yes i speak oh, french since i learned it it's really oh, so my second long yeah. language. My pronunciation is very good. Mm -hmm. Actually, I was yesterday watching a movie in, in, in French. I haven't done that in a very long time. Okay. I was very proud that I understood a lot. Great. If I speak now to you in French, I will start my sentence in French. I will finish it in English. Okay. <laughs> well, we'll get me. the last part because yes. I had like two years of French. So, yeah, I probably wouldn't be so helpful with that. <laughs> and as we reflect and we, we age and reach milestone birthdays, which I know you had one <laughs> recently, um, it is a good time to pull some things together. And you're talking about that with how you're learning through your daughter, et cetera, to kind of look back, be in the present, future. Um, what advice would you give your younger self, say, around 25? The one thing that I have really, so there are a lot of things that you hear through life. People mm -hmm. give you advice, you read oh, right. these beautiful things, but it, it isn't until you understand it, um, assimilate it, is that you really get to experience it. Lately, I have been looking a lot at my pictures when mm -hmm. I was, because I was trying to think about the answer to this question. So I was looking at my pictures 
of when I was 25 years old. And the, the one thing that came to my mind is all the things that, so at that time of my life, I was always thinking and I was focused on what my life is going to be when, when I do this, yes. when I get married, when mm -hmm. I get my dream job, when I do all of this mm -hmm. thing. So you get so focused on those milestones in your life that you miss a lot of what is going on at that moment. And it is so important to really enjoy and embrace what is happening at that moment right now, because you don't know what is going to happen. You don't know who or this, the people that around you, if they're going to, they may be gone right. down the road or at that point, 25 years old, I was in Colombia and mm -hmm. now I'm no longer in Colombia. So it's just embrace what you are experiencing and living at that moment because life is going to come. The future is going to come mm -hmm. regardless. So let's not miss the beautiful things of, of the present, of the moment that we're living at that time. And I've had other guests speak to that in a way that I think it was actually my last guest, who's, who's a nonprofit leader, who said she always had goals. She was, I would say, fairly driven, you know, um, looking to the future. And she said something very similar in terms of I would just take it a little bit more as it comes and um, not quite project so much or so focused. You know, you need to have goals or you're not likely to achieve because you're all over the place. But that balance, I guess, which when we're younger, we don't have the experiences that tell us that's an important thing, perhaps. Yeah. Or someone tries to tell us and we don't listen, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have a favorite quote or saying? So I love this quote by Rumi, this Persian mm -hmm. poet. Set your life on fire and seek those who fan your, your flames. Oh, I love it. Absolutely love it. I yes. think that we can, we, we dream and we, have, we can do amazing things, mm -hmm. but we also need our tribe around us, supporting us and helping us to, to get there. And I'm very fortunate and lucky that, to have that. Well, that's beautiful, and I'm sure people are fortunate to have you <laughs> fanning their flames. And I do think women's friendships are such a jewel that we can have that really help us throughout different stages you know, of our lives in, oh. in ways that other people might not have. Oh, other absolutely. people like maybe being men. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you very much, Maria. Just delightful to have you and best of luck in everything United Way of Meriden Wallingford and your future endeavors. Thank you so much. You're this welcome. was very enjoyable. Great. Take Thank care. You. Thanks to our local producers and Team Hercules for production support. As told here, conversations and stories shared in the public interest in Studio W at WPAA-TV and Community Media Center. As told here brings community media to where you are. Thank you.